This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Bears just went up against the 29 for 8 passing defense in the league in the Lions. This week, dead last. <laughs> they are 32nd in the league in passing yards allowed uh, per game. But... And I asked you this question about the Lions, and I'm going to ask you again about the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, obviously, there's been some pressure. Not pressure. Yeah, I call it pressure. What the hell? People have been saying, why didn't you pass the ball more? Why didn't you pass the ball more? Well, here again, an opportunity to go up against the lowly defense in the Atlanta Falcons. Do you think they air it out, or do you think with no Khalil, or air it out without a Khalil Herbert, mm-hmm. or do you think that they still just stick to that run game and try to win it? I, mean, I think they, they take a very similar approach that they've taken so far. I mean, just even, even go back to the, the Miami game where the, the rushing versus passing numbers overall still ended up being pretty balanced against the Dolphins, just like it has been the other games throughout the season here. But think about like the early drives of that Dolphins game, the Bears came out throwing the football aggressively, attacking downfield, like early in the game, they're throwing it deep to chase Claypool. So I think there, there's an attack mentality that the Bears can look to access against an opponent like Atlanta that still may not end up meaning that Justin Fields attempts 35, 40 passes in a game. And this is where, you know, we, when we were in the, uh, doing the trifecta at the top of the show, we talked about maybe coming back to this in a little bit more detail. Well, I was filling in on Spiegel and Parkins yesterday, or Parkins and Spiegel yesterday, and I, I was saying this to, to Matt a little bit. We had, we had Trent Dilfer on during the show. And even Trent, who obviously is a big Justin Fields proponent and has gone about explaining in detail where his development arc is and what the Bears are doing and what his strengths and weaknesses are, where, where I would disagree with Trent is because Trent at a certain point, and, and Sean played the clip earlier in the show, where Trent talked about wanting to see more pass attempts from Justin Fields. And I think from a developmental perspective, there's definitely a case to be made for Justin Fields and the amount of times he gets to attempt passes, then there are more opportunities for him to see it, to read it, to improve at it. But I love the approach the Bears are taking because they're being extremely patient with how they're going about the – thank you very much, Sylvie – how they're going about – I got a wrap delivered to the, the table here – how they're going about the development arc of the quarterback. You know, it, it'd be one approach, and what, what led Trent into that, that answer that Sean played earlier – was, and actually, Sean, go ahead and, and uh, pull it up real quick. Play that so just so folks have context of what I'm discussing right now. The clip, uh, the clip of Trent Dilfer talking specifically about him wanting to see more passing opportunities for Justin Fields. Well, what, what ended up leading to it was the fact that gotcha. I was, I was asking him specifically about Justin Herbert because from a, a horsepower perspective, the, the evaluation I had of Justin Herbert 
when he came out of college was very similar to the evaluation I had of Justin Fields when he came out of college. Now, they're built differently, but both came out of offensive systems like, you know, Herbert at Oregon and Justin Fields at Ohio State. Offensive systems that really maximized the talent that each of them have for the deep pass. And both of them just deadly accurate with the deep ball, but not a lot of finesse, not a lot of nuance to the way that either of them threw the football in college. But Justin Herbert quickly, very quickly was able to develop some of that finesse, more of that nuance to the way he plays the quarterback position, and has very quickly put up exceptional passing numbers as a quarterback. So my, my supposition and, and my question for Trent Dilfer was in comparing the two, then what ended up getting Justin Herbert there, and how does Justin Fields end up getting there? And this was, this was part of his response. When do you go away from the 20 to 26 throws a game to the 30 to 36 throws a game? Mm-hmm. When do you start lowering the volume of runs? They're an unbelievable run team, and they've done a really nice job. And some are going to say, what are you talking about, Trent? Look at we're making historic rushing numbers. 30 points a game. 30 points a game. I get all that, right? I totally get all that. But if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, right, you're trying to win a Super Bowl next year or the year after, at some point we need to add 100 to 150 throws to Justin's season. Yeah, uh I hear what he's saying there, and it brings, it, it's, you know, it says a lot. And I guess for me, it's about I'm looking at the stats, right? I mean, mm. and obviously I'm not a coach. I'm not, I'm not a, have the ability to evaluate the talent the same way they do in practice. But, I, I'm, again, it's finding your spots. So when I see that the Atlanta Falcons are 31st in the league in sacks, right. that lets me know that they're not getting after it as, as, as much as yeah, other like teams Yeah, like Grady are. Jarrett, one of their interior defensive linemen, is kind of the main guy right. who you worry about. Like, he's going to be able to overmatch – the interior offensive line and, of the Bears. Right. He's just very gifted. And, and Chris Domino was talking about some of his top talent on the defensive side. Hasn't been there these last couple of weeks. So, again, it's, for me, it's about finding your spots because, yes, I don't want every single game Justin Fields throwing the ball 45 times to try to see what you have, air quotes. But I do want to see it and points and spurts. And so if I'm trying to find a game, it's not going to be against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's not going to be against the Buffalo Bills. But it sure as hell could be against – the Atlanta Falcons with, with, with that kind of, you know, with that kind of a defense. But, but again, I mean, this week, and there's a lot of guys that do need to step up, right? We're talking about on the defensive side of the ball. I mentioned it to you several times on Bears Unleashed. I was like, I don't want the defense to be great, but can there be some wow plays like we saw? But we saw it this week with Jack Sanborn, a couple of uh, uh, sacks. We've seen it with Angelo Blackson. We saw it with Joe Thomas. A lot of guys that stepped up and made individual plays but there's still room for growth there. There's still room for growth from Justin Fields. You're going to see David Montgomery, the wide receiver group. So who, who are you going to be looking at specifically on Sunday the most? Obviously, we can point to all of those groups, right. but who, the, who will you be looking at the most to make that, that leap or that improvement? So there, there are some things I saw from Dominique Robinson in the game the other day against Detroit that I liked. I liked the urgency that he chased the football with from the backside. I liked the effort that he put into hitting blocks as a run defender. And, you know, the Bears spent, what was it, a fifth-round pick, I think, on Dominique Robinson, a guy with just exceptional athletic traits as a defensive end, but he spent the majority of his college career playing quarterback and then wide receiver, and then eventually, at the end of his time in college, he ends up moving to defensive end, but he's just got the size and the, you know, the height, the, the massive wingspan, the initial burst, all those things you would want for a guy who can develop into a very effective defensive lineman. You've seen some flashes of that at times as he's been playing the game during the regular season here. But he's, he's a rookie, and I, I mean, whatever level of development would even be 
you know, beneath a rookie, he's there because he's in the infancy of his time even playing the defensive end position. He's played more quarterback than he has the end hmm. in his football life. And so I saw some nice flashes from him last week playing the game with more, more consistent effort, more consistent force, more consistent urgency. When the play went away, he's chasing it from the backside, getting involved in some tackles. And I, I was saying this to, to some guys earlier before the show, and I'm glad-handing and, and, you know, kissing hands, shaking babies, all that stuff, that the way that Dominique Robinson is playing the game, the flashes that he has begun to show are something that Bears fans should be excited about, but defensive line is the, the least mentally taxing position on the field, but it's the most physically taxing position on the field. And so you have to build a level of stamina, not only just the cardiovascular stamina, but the mental and emotional stamina just to get into that car wreck over and over again. I saw evidence last week that Dominique Robinson was, is starting to get a better sense for that. So I'm, I'm excited to see if he can put back-to-back -back games together beyond just the statistical productivity, but does he look like a guy just trying to apply force at the line of scrimmage? I thought he did that more effectively, more consistently against the Lions. I would love to see him put that together again against the Falcons. Yeah, and I, I think you're bringing up some great points, right? Especially him specifically. You're seeing some guys step up in the interior, but what about the guys on the outside? What yeah. are those DNs doing? Yeah. And so I know a lot of times when you see guys playing well around you, that's when you want to step up, especially on the defensive side of the ball, because what I've been learning more, more often than not lately is that it is more the unit mm -hmm. as a whole and how they are playing. Right. And so when you see a guy, you know, like I said, making some tackles, you saw, you saw you know, like I said, Sanborn and, and Blackson, and, and you've even seen like a guy like Nicholas Morrow, someone who I've been really hard on. <laughs> I mean, like when I'm talking about linebackers and I wanted to do something for this team and have some tackles for a loss, it was cool to see that. So that's another guy I'm going to be looking at and say, did your confidence build over these last weeks that Roquan's been gone? Have you taken a little bit more ownership of the defense? Do you understand? Have you been seeing Jack Sanborn play alongside you and say to yourself, hold up, uh, I need to play a little bit better, right? So he's someone who I'm going to be looking at especially with this offense that the Atlanta Falcons have where you know they're going to be running the ball. Right. Like uh, Chris Domino said, you, and, and like we know as Bears fans, Cordero Patterson loves to lower his shoulder yeah. and inflict pain. So you're going to need those linebackers to step up in that situation. All right, we are going to discuss some more Bears football on the other side, but it's great to be here, man. Emil's Tavern on Center in Grays Lake. We are broadcasting live for the Miller Lite right. Top Draft Show. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. We got more for you guys on the other side. We'll be back after this. We're back with more Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. Live at Emil's Tavern on Center, 161 Center Street in Grays Lake. Brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Fields. He's got options, including a wide open Kokomet. Makes the grab of the 18. There he goes to the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Bears. It's been good to hear Cole Komet's name. Yeah. Followed by touchdown. Very frequent lately. Yeah. A lot more than we did earlier this season or early in his career, frankly. Yeah. There's been a lot of Cole Komet action happening. Especially this season. I mean, uh -huh. even, it's a big change. And we'll, we'll talk about Cole Komet and his contribution to this Bears offense in just a second. But, but He's I'm, bigger than me. Is he? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's significantly bigger than me. But, the, the, I mean, you've heard it a couple of times here already yeah. tonight since we've been at emails. And actually, I, I even tweeted about it over the weekend. Just oh, yeah, going, at, the, at the airport, right? Yeah, just going to O'Hare and just, you know, it's 
you know, people come up to you every once in a while or whatever anyway, but it is a different vibe. It's a different energy right now in this stretch where people are hopeful and excited yeah. and it looks like the Bears have their quarterback. And so when people are really excited about the team, they approach you with a different vibe. Yeah. And just being at O'Hare, just going through TSA, multiple people coming up wanting to talk about the Bears, and I'm sitting there waiting to catch my flight. Other people coming up wanting to talk about the Bears, which is cool. But then also there is the direct comment of, wow, you're a lot bigger than you look on TV, which I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I've always I look like me. I've seen myself on TV, clothes, I guess. Bro, that's years. what it is. As someone who's done a show with you um, on Fox 32, I sit next to you on the score often. Even I, myself, I, I think it was like two weeks ago, you were in the in the producer's room or something uh, like that, and you had a T-shirt on. Okay. And then I was like, God damn. I was upset. So I sit next to this guy every day. There's a big dude right here. So I think it's your baggy clothes. You got that like that Michael Jordan style, you know, okay. baggy, baggy right. gear. Yeah. You know? Nobody yeah. really knows what's going on. I got to tighten things up a yeah. little bit, let folks know what I'm working you with. Make, you know, a couple days, you know, just wear like the tight shirt, you know. Uh, Take off your jacket once in a while. You know? I, will, I will do that. I'll do that on occasion. Uh, but, it's, yeah. but it's funny that you mentioned, you know, Kokomet being bigger than you. We have seen some productivity and we've seen him use his body, that big body, right? right. Trucking guys, as people are saying. But Justin Fields, I loved what he said. Well, you and I were talking about this uh, you know, on our ride up, where he didn't credit the newfound success of Cole Komet as a result of the offense operating at a higher level. He said Cole Komet's running better routes. Cole Komet's picking up the game a little bit better. So what's that like, Ant, to, because, I mean, obviously as fans, we think, we, we look at football players like a, foot, like a video game. You should be operating at 100% at all times. Like, there's no room for variance there. But the reality is, you're still learning as a young player in the NFL. So, so what is that like to be midseason and, and being told and, and hearing about this newfound confidence that you have or this newfound ability to operate as a tight end in the NFL? Uh, it's, I'm sure it's gratifying for Cole Komet because – you would imagine, I mean, everyone who gets to the, the level of being a professional athlete has confidence in themselves, confidence in, in their abilities to produce, but then it, it's a different thing when you're actually out there and competing and somebody across from you is being well compensated to, you know, to stop you from, from executing your job at a high level. And so when you have a stretch where you're not being as successful, then it can end up to some extent shaking your confidence. Now everybody's wired differently. Some people, their confidence can be shaken a little more quickly than others, but for Cole Komet, who, you know, the status he was drafted at, a second-round pick, and being from here and playing at Notre Dame. And so there's that, that additional scrutiny because, you know, people from this region have been watching him for a long time and are very hopeful for what he could end up meaning to the Bears. And now this is the, the most consistent stretch of productivity of his young career. And, you know, it's not like it was only because. Like, folks who think back to the time Greg Olson was here or, you know, Mike Marks just wasn't interested in using a tight end. And so Greg Olson wasn't really that productive for a stretch of his Bears career. Then he goes somewhere else and he's in Carolina. And, oh, he might have put a Hall of Fame career together as a tight end while he was there. It's not that the Bears weren't trying to use Cole Komet. He became a more effective blocker, but he had a lot of drops. Even in all those targets last season, he had decent catch numbers. Didn't have a lot of touchdowns early in his career here. But now we're seeing him catching the ball consistently. And, you know, if you want to... A lot of folks trying to compare him. Is he a Travis Kelsey type when he comes out? He's not that. But that's okay. You can still be a very effective, very productive tight end in the National Football League as long as you can effectively run routes. And for him, at his size, to be able to box defenders out and use that big body to just present himself as a pass receiver, present that frame to the quarterback to be a target for him, he's just getting better 
and better at that. And when Justin Fields is throwing him the football, he is catching it cleanly. So we're just seeing every single week the confidence of Cole Komet continuing to enhance and certainly the confidence in the coaching staff is being shown in him as well. And you mentioned it, Ann, about the comparisons or the expectations of Travis Kelsey. It's like you can't, like, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kittle, those guys are in a, 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 a tier of their own. Different category. And you do not need Cole Komet to be that. You would right. want that, right? But you're, you can't hold them to those expectations. But you do want him in that second group, right? Yeah. I want you to right. be a guy that can contribute to the team. And, and when you see Justin Fields throwing the ball and he's catching it cleanly because that was one of your biggest gripes about Cole uh-huh. Komet, right? The drops. But now you see him making good catches and you almost wonder, like, damn, what the hell happened there? Like, where, where did this, this whole thing come from? But you bring up a good point in his confidence. And Tim Jenkins um, talked about uh, the Bears using him more and, why, and how they'll do so. So Tim Jenkins, when he was, when he was discussing that and, and his usage of Cole Komet, I mean, again, you talk about the Bears. They're putting up points now. And I think that's a big thing, right? They're extending drives. They're, they're, they're keeping the ball more. You're looking at the point total on sun, Sunday. Uh-huh. It's at 50 We've been doing Bears Unleashed at the beginning of the season where the over-under for the Bears games was hovering when at 40. Gabe, when Gabe and I are on TV on Fridays with Cassie Carlson over on Fox 32, the show that comes on on Friday nights at 9.30, Bears Unleashed. We have this discussion on a weekly basis when we do Bears Unleashed about the over-under and where it's set for the Bears games. <laughs> and, you're, and you're literally looking at it week in and week. Like, it's going to be over-under 40, right. 41. And how many times right. are we picking the under? Under. And then now, under. all of a sudden, the, for this to be at 50? The NFL so, as a whole is struggling wow. to score points. Yeah, there are very right. few teams that can get over that threshold. But, but what do you think about that total there? And you think that it can, it's possible? Or it, do you think eventually the Bears the offense is going to come back down to reality? I mean, it shows two things. One, it shows that the Bears offense is putting the ball in the end zone more and more. And so seeing that consistently take shape, then Vegas is obviously paying close attention to that. But then in addition to that, Yes, sir, yes. cha-ching on the cash register. But the Bears defense is certainly taking steps back here as well also. And so folks are seeing both of those. And like you were referencing, you were talking about the stats of the pass defense for the Atlanta Falcons being very ineffective as well. So you're seeing that, you know, folks know Justin Fields, a touchdown waiting to happen anytime he's got the rock in his hands. The Bears offense making drives, putting it in the end zone. Falcons offense, frankly, hasn't been nearly as explosive as the Bears offense has, but They've had effective stretches, and they're facing what is now statistically one of the worst defenses in football on their own end. Another guy that I was looking at closely on Sunday is Byron Pringle. What did you think of his performance uh, this past weekend? I mean, not much. You know, there, there weren't, weren't a lot of opportunities for him as far as a you know, pass receiver. He wasn't targeted very frequently or anything like that. So I would say, you know, for right now, it's an incomplete grade. He's finally gotten some game action right. in the regular season, which, which is nice to see for the extended amount of time that he had to be out of the lineup. He does give the Bears another big-bodied wide receiver. Think about how the receiver position has reshaped itself or how Ryan Poles has reshaped the receiver position for so much of the year. The receivers were about Gabe size. Now, you guys see Gabe sitting next to me. He's not a, not a big I look bigger in person, individual. too. He, no, he, he, yes, he also <laughs> looks bigger in person. But, you know, most, most of the Bears receivers were like kind of average size kind of guys. That's small in football terms. Now, it's not just Darnell Mooney and a bunch of other, you know, Smurf types out there. You have <laughs> Nikhil Harry didn't even dress last week, but multiple games where Nikhil Harry is out there dressing. Chase Claypool out there dressing. Byron Pringle is not a small guy as a receiver either. So it's a reshaped wide receiver position group. And frankly, for a young quarterback like Justin Fields, hopefully that will be a part of where his eye that, that develops for, for what's NFL open and how can I anticipate maybe fitting passes in there as I'm diagnosing coverage and 
and trying to just fit it to a guy in a tight space. When you got more big bodies out there, which Byron Pringle isn't as big as Chase Claypool right. and Nikhil Harry, but from a receiver perspective, he's, he's another body who's not as small, as diminutive as some of these other guys. It seems to have really long arms, so there should be a nice catch radius that's available to him if he's going to target Byron Pringle. And you're right. I mean, when you're, when you're seeing a lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL – just kind of put the ball up there. It's, it's guys that are covered. I mean, it's not necessarily every throw you see a guy has four-yard separation on the, on right. the DB, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to have an opportunity for guys to go up and get it. Back shoulders throw where the cornerback has their back turned, where the, obviously the receiver has an opportunity to do that. But when you're catching the ball, that's when you build the confidence with your quarterback to throw, to throw it to you to give you that opportunity to go up and do that. All right. We have an opportunity to talk about some more sports. We're here until 10 o'clock. This is the Miller Lite Top Draft Show on 670. The score, I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. And you weren't here the last time I did this game. It was called My Guy. My Guy. My okay. Guy. We're going we're gonna to pluck a couple people from the audience. Oh, we're going to pit right. them against each other. Okay. we got a prize. Okay. I already see one contestant right over there. Some volunteers. Uh, but we're going to see how or well victims, you, you guys know it. your Chicago athletes. All right, we're playing My Guy on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Broadcasting live for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show from E. Mills Tavern on Center in Gray's Lake. We'll be back after this. Bears just went up against the 29th rate passing defense in the league in the Lions. This week, dead last. <laughs> they are 32nd in the league in passing yards allowed uh, per game. But and I asked you this question about the Lions, and I'm going to ask you again about the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, obviously there's been some pressure. Not pressure. Yeah, I call it pressure. What the hell? People have been saying, why didn't you pass the ball more? Why didn't you pass the ball more? Well, mm -hmm. here again, an opportunity to go up against the lowly defense in the Atlanta Falcons. Do you think they air it out, or do you think with no Khalil, or air it out without a Khalil Herbert, mm -hmm. or do you think that they still just stick to that run game and try to win it? I, mean, I, I think they, they take a very similar approach that they've taken so far. I mean, just even, even go back to the, the Miami game, where the, the rushing versus passing numbers overall still ended up being pretty balanced against the Dolphins, just like it has been the other games throughout the season here. But think about like the early drives of that Dolphins game, the Bears came out throwing the football aggressively, attacking downfield, like early in the game, they're throwing it deep to chase Claypool. So I think there, there's an attack mentality that the Bears can look to access against an opponent like Atlanta that still may not end up meaning that Justin Fields attempts 35, 40 passes, in a game, and this is where you know we when we were in the uh, doing the trifecta at the top of the show, we talked about maybe coming back to this in a little bit more detail. Well, I was filling in on Spiegel and Parkins yesterday, or Parkins and Spiegel yesterday, and I, I was saying this to to Matt a little bit. We had we had Trent Dilfer on during the show, and even Trent, who obviously is a big Justin Fields proponent, and has gone about explaining in detail where his development arc is and what the Bears are doing and what his strengths and weaknesses are. Where, where I would disagree with Trent is because Trent at a certain point, and, and Sean played the clip earlier in the show, where Trent talked about wanting to see more pass attempts from Justin Fields. And I think from a developmental perspective, there's definitely a case to be made for Justin Fields and the amount of times he gets to attempt passes, then there are more opportunities for him to see it, to read it, to improve at it. But I love the approach the Bears are taking because they're being extremely patient with how they're going about the thank you very much Sylvie how they're going about I got a wrap delivered to the, the table here how they're going about the development arc of the quarterback you know it, it'd be one approach and what what led Trent into that that answer that Sean played earlier 
Well, and actually, Sean, go ahead and, and uh, pull it up real quick. Play that so just so folks have context of what I'm discussing right now. The clip, uh, the clip of Trent Dilfer talking specifically about him wanting to see more passing opportunities for Justin Fields. Well, what, what ended up leading to it was the fact that gotcha. I was, I was asking him specifically about Justin Herbert because from a, a horsepower perspective, the, the evaluation I had of Justin Herbert when he came out of college was very similar to the evaluation I had of Justin Fields when he came out of college. Now, they're built differently, but both came out of offensive systems like you know Herbert at Oregon and Justin Fields at Ohio State, offensive systems that really maximized the talent that each of them have for the deep pass. And both of them just deadly accurate with the deep ball, but not a lot of finesse, not a lot of nuance to the way that either of them threw the football in college. But Justin Herbert quickly, very quickly was able to develop some of that finesse, more of that nuance to the way he plays the quarterback position, and has very quickly put up exceptional passing numbers as a quarterback. So my, my supposition and, and my question for Trent Dilfer was in comparing the two, then what ended up getting Justin Herbert there, and how does Justin Fields end up getting there? And this was, this was part of his response. When do you go away from the 20 to 26 throws a game to the 30 to 36 throws a game? Mm -hmm. When do you start lowering the volume of runs? They're an unbelievable run team, and they've done a really nice job. And some are going to say, what are you talking about, Trent? Look at we're making historic rushing numbers. 30 we're points a game. 30 points a game. I get all that, right? I totally get all that. But if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, right, you're trying to win a Super Bowl next year or the year after, at some point we need to add 100 to 150 throws to Justin's season. Yeah, uh I hear what he's saying there, and it bring it, it's, you know it says a lot. And I guess for me, it's about I'm looking at the stats, right? I mean, mm. and obviously I'm not a coach. I'm not I'm not a, have the ability to evaluate the talent the same way they do in practice. But I, I'm, again, it's finding your spots. So when I see that the Atlanta Falcons are 31st in the league in sacks, right? That lets me know that they're not getting after it as, as, as much as other yeah, like teams Yeah, like Grady are. Jarrett, one of their interior defensive linemen, is kind of the main guy right. who you worry about. Like, he's going to be able to overmatch the interior offensive line and, of the Bears. Right. He's just very gifted. And, and Chris Domino was talking about some of his top talent on the defensive side. Hasn't been there these last couple of weeks. So, again, it's, for me, it's about finding your spots because, yes, I don't want every single game Justin Fields throwing the ball 45 times to try to see what you have, air quotes. But I do want to see it and points and spurts. And so if I'm trying to find a game, it's not going to be against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's not going to be against the Buffalo Bills. But it sure as hell could be against the Atlanta Falcons with, with, with that kind of, you know, with that kind of a defense. But, but again, I mean, this week, and there's a lot of guys that do need to step up, right? We're talking about on the defensive side of the ball. I mentioned it to you several times on Bears Unleashed. I was like, I don't want the defense to be great, but can there be some wow plays? Like we saw, but we saw it this week with Jack Sanborn, a couple of uh, uh, sacks. We've seen it with Angelo Blackson. We saw it with Joe Thomas. A lot of guys that stepped up and made individual plays, but there's still room for growth there. There's still room for growth from Justin Fields. You're going to see David Montgomery, the wide receiver group. So who, who are you going to be looking at specifically on Sunday the most? Obviously, we can point to all of those groups, right. but who, the, who will you be looking at the most to make that, that leap or that improvement? So there, there were some things I saw from Dominique Robinson in the game the other day against Detroit that I liked. I liked the urgency that he chased the football with from the backside. I liked the effort that he put into hitting blocks as a run defender. And you know, the Bears spent, what was it, a fifth round pick, I think, on Dominique Robinson, a guy with just exceptional athletic traits as a defensive end, 
but he spent the majority of his college career playing quarterback and then wide receiver, and then eventually, at the end of his time in college, he ends up moving to defensive end. But he's just got the size and the, you know, the height, the, the massive wingspan, the initial burst, all those things you would want for a guy who can develop into a very effective defensive lineman. You've seen some flashes of that at times as he's been playing the game during the regular season here. But he's, he's a rookie, and I, I mean, whatever level of development would even be you know, beneath a rookie, he's there because he's in the infancy of his time even playing the defensive end position. He's played more quarterback than he has D-end hmm. in his football life. And so I saw some nice flashes from him last week playing the game with more, more consistent effort, more consistent force, more consistent urgency. When the play went away, he's chasing it from the backside, getting involved in some tackles. And I, I was saying this to, to some guys earlier before the show, and I'm glad-handing and, and, you know, kissing hands, shaking babies, all that stuff, that the way that Dominique Robinson is playing the game, the flashes that he has begun to show are something that Bears fans should be excited about, but defensive line is the the least mentally taxing position on the field but it's the most physically taxing position on the field so you have to build a level of stamina not only just the cardiovascular stamina but the mental and emotional stamina just to get into that car wreck over and over again i saw evidence last week that dominique robinson was is starting to get a better sense for that so i'm i'm excited to see if he can put back-to-back games together beyond just the statistical productivity but does he look like a guy just trying to apply force at the line of scrimmage i thought he did that more effectively more consistently against the lines i would love to see him put that together again against the falcons yeah and i, I think you're bringing up some great points right especially him specifically you're seeing some guys step up in the interior but what about the guys on the outside what yeah. are those dns doing yeah. and so i know a lot of times when you see guys playing well around you that's when you want to step up, especially on the defensive side of the ball, because what I've been learning more, more often than not lately is that it is more the unit mm. as a whole and how they are playing. Right. And so when you see a guy, you know, like I said, making some tackles, you saw, you saw, you know, like I said, Sanborn and, and Blackson, and, and you've even seen like a guy like Nicholas Morrow, someone who I've been really hard on. <laughs> I mean, like when I'm talking about linebackers and I wanted to do something <laughs> for this team and have some tackles for a loss, it was cool to see that. So that's another guy I'm going to be looking at and say, did your confidence build over these last weeks that Roquan's been gone? Have you taken a little bit more ownership of the defense? Do you understand? Have you been seeing Jack Sanborn play alongside you and say to yourself, hold up, I need to play a little bit better, right? So he's someone who I'm going to be looking at, especially with this offense that the Atlanta Falcons have where you know they're going to be running the ball. Right. Like uh, Chris Domino said, you, and, and like we know as Bears fans, Cordero Patterson loves to lower his shoulder yeah. and inflict pain. So you're going to need those linebackers to step up in that situation. All right, we are going to discuss some more Bears football on the other side, but it's great to be here, man. Emil's Tavern on Center in Grays Lake. We are broadcasting live for the Miller Lite right. Top Draft Show. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. We got more for you guys on the other side. We'll be back after this. We're back with more Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. Live at Emil's Tavern on Center, 161 Center Street in Grays Lake. Brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Fields. He's got options, including a wide open Kokomet. Makes the grab of the 18. There he goes to the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Bears. It's been good to hear Cole Komet's name. Yeah. Followed by a touchdown. Very frequent lately. Yeah. 
a lot more than we did earlier this season or earlier in his career. Frankly, yeah. it's been a lot of Cole Komet action. Especially happened. this season. Uh -huh. I mean, it's a big change. And we'll, we'll talk about Cole Komet and his contribution to this Bears offense in just a second. But, but He's I'm, bigger than me. Is he? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's significantly bigger than me. But, the, the, I mean, you've heard it a couple of times here already yeah. tonight since we've been at emails. And actually, I, I even tweeted about it over the weekend. Just oh, going, yeah, at the, at the airport, right? Yeah, just going to O'Hare and just, you know, it's, you know, people come up to you every once in a while or whatever anyway. But it is a different vibe. It's a different energy right now in this stretch where people are hopeful and excited yeah. and it looks like the Bears have their quarterback. And so when people are really excited about the team, they approach you with a different vibe. Yeah. And just being at O'Hare, just going through TSA, multiple people coming up wanting to talk about the Bears, and I'm sitting there waiting to catch my flight. Other people coming up wanting to talk about the Bears, which is cool. But then also there is the direct comment of, wow, you're a lot bigger than you look on TV, which I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I've always, I look like me. I've seen myself on TV, clothes, I guess. Boy, that's years. what it is. As someone who's done a show with you um, on Fox 32, I sit next to you on the score often. Even I, myself, I, I think it was like two weeks ago, you were in the in the producer's room or something uh, like that, and you had a t-shirt on. Okay. And then I was like, God damn. I sit next to this guy every day. There's a big dude right here. So I think it's your baggy clothes. You got that like that Michael Jordan style, you know, okay. baggy, baggy right. gear. Yeah. You know? Nobody yeah. really knows going on. I got to tighten things up a yeah. little bit, let folks know what I'm working with. Make, you know, a couple days, you know, just wear like the tight shirt, you know. Uh, Take off your jacket once in a while. You know, I, I will do that. I'll do that on occasion. Uh, but, it's, yeah. but it's funny that you mentioned, you know, Kokomet being bigger than you. We have seen some productivity and we've seen him use his body, that big body, right? right. Trucking guys, as people are saying. But Justin Fields, I loved what he said. Well, you and I were talking about this uh, you know, on our ride up, where he didn't credit the newfound success of Colt Komet as a result of the offense operating at a higher level. He said Colt Komet's running better routes. Colt Komet's picking up the game a little bit better. So what's that like, Ant, to, because, I mean, obviously as fans, we think, we, we look at football players like a, foot, like a video game. You should be operating at... 100% at all times. Like, there's no room for variance there. But the reality is, you're still learning as a young player in the NFL. So, so what is that like to be midseason and, and being told and, and hearing about this newfound confidence that you have or this newfound ability to operate as a tight end in the NFL? Uh, it's, I'm sure it's gratifying for Cole Komet because you would imagine, I mean, everyone who gets to the, the level of being a professional athlete has confidence in themselves, confidence. In, in their abilities to produce, but then it, it's a different thing when you're actually out there and competing and somebody across from you is being well compensated to, you know, to stop you from, from executing your job at a high level. And so when you have a stretch where you're not being as successful, then it can end up to some extent shaking your confidence. Now everybody's wired differently. Some people, their confidence can be shaken a little more quickly than others. But for Cole Komet, who, you know, the status he was drafted at, a second round pick, and being from here and playing at Notre Dame. And so there's that, that additional scrutiny because, you know, people from this region have been watching him for a long time and are very hopeful for what he can end up meaning to the Bears. And now this is the, the most consistent stretch of productivity of his young career. And, you know, it's not like it was only because, like folks who think back to the time Greg Olson was here, where, you know, Mike Marks just wasn't interested in using a tight end. And so Greg Olson, wasn't really that productive for a stretch of his Bears career. Then he goes somewhere else and he's in Carolina. And, oh, he might have put a Hall of Fame career together as a tight end while he was there. It's not that the Bears weren't trying to use Cole Komet. He became a more effective blocker, but he had a lot of drops. Even in all those targets last season, he had decent catch numbers. Didn't have a lot of touchdowns early in his career here. 
but now we're seeing him catching the ball consistently. And, you know, if you want to, a lot of folks trying to compare him, is he a Travis Kelsey type when he comes out? He's not that, but that's okay. You can still be a very effective, very productive tight end in the National Football League as long as you can effectively run routes. And for him, at his size, to be able to box defenders out and use that big body to just present himself as a pass receiver, present that frame to the quarterback to be a target for him, he's just getting better and better at that. And when Justin Fields is throwing him the football, he is catching it cleanly. So we're just seeing every single week the confidence of Cole Komet continuing to enhance and certainly the confidence in the coaching staff is being shown in him as well. And you mentioned it, Ann, about the comparisons or the expectations of Travis Kelsey. It's like you can't, like, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kittle, those guys are in a, 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 a tier of their own. Different category. And you do not need Cole Komet to be that. You would right. want that, right? But you're, you can't hold them to those expectations. But you do want him in that second group, right? Yeah. I want you to right. be a guy that can contribute to the team. And, and when you see Justin Fields throwing the ball and he's catching it cleanly because that was one of your biggest gripes about Cole uh-huh. Komet, right? The drops. But now you see him making good catches and you almost wonder, like, damn, what the hell happened there? Like, where, where did this, this whole thing come from? But you bring up a good point in his confidence. And Tim Jenkins um, talked about uh, the Bears using him more and, wh- and how they'll do so. So Tim Jenkins, when he was, when he was discussing that and, and his u- and usage of Cole Komet, I mean, again, you talk about the Bears, they're putting up points now. And I think that's a big thing, right? They're extending drives. They're, they're, they're keeping the ball more. You're looking at the point total on sun- Sunday. Uh-huh. It's at 50. We've been doing Bears Unleashed at the beginning of the season where the over-under for the Bears games was hovering when at 40. Gabe, when Gabe and I are on TV on Fridays with Cassie Carlson over on Fox 32, the show that comes on on Friday nights at 9.30, Bears Unleashed. We have this discussion on a weekly basis when we do Bears Unleashed about the over-under and where it's set for the Bears games. <laughs> and, you're, and you're literally looking at it week in and week. Like, it's going to be over-under 40, right. 41. And how many times right. are we picking the under? Under. And then now, under. all of a sudden, the, for this to be at 50? The NFL so, as a whole is struggling wow. to score points. Yeah, there are very right. few teams that can get over that threshold. But, but what do you think about that total there? And you think that it can, it's possible? Or it, do you think eventually the Bears' the offense is going to come back down to reality? I mean, it shows two things. One, it shows that the Bears' offense is putting the ball in the end zone more and more. And so seeing that consistently take shape, then Vegas is obviously paying close attention to that. But then in addition to that, Yes, sir. Yes. Cha-ching on the cash register. But the Bears defense is certainly taking steps back here as well also. And so folks are seeing both of those. And like you were referencing, you were talking about the stats of the pass defense for the Atlanta Falcons being very ineffective as well. So you're seeing that, you know, folks know Justin Fields, a touchdown waiting to happen anytime he's got the rock in his hands. The Bears offense making drives, putting it in the end zone. Falcons offense, frankly, hasn't been nearly as explosive as the Bears offense has, but They've had effective stretches, and they're facing what is now statistically one of the worst defenses in football on their own end. Another guy that I was looking at closely on Sunday is Byron Pringle. What did you think of his performance uh, this past weekend? I mean, not much. You know, there, there weren't, weren't a lot of opportunities for him as far as a you know, pass receiver. He wasn't targeted very frequently or anything like that. So I would say, you know, for right now, it's an incomplete grade. He's finally gotten some game action right. in the regular season, which, which is nice to see for the extended amount of time that he had to be out of the lineup. He does give the Bears another big-bodied wide receiver. Think about how the receiver position has reshaped itself or how Ryan Poles has reshaped the receiver position. For so much of the year, the receivers were about Gabe size. Now, you guys see Gabe sitting next to me. He's not a a big – I look bigger in person, too. Yes, he also looks bigger (laughs) in person. But, you know, most most of the Bears receivers were like kind of average size kind of guys. That's small in football terms. Now, 
It's not just Darnell Mooney and a bunch of other, you know, Smurf types out there. You have <laughs> Nikhil Harry didn't even dress last week, but multiple games where Nikhil Harry's out there dressing. Chase Claypool out there dressing. Byron Pringle is not a small guy as a receiver either. So it's a reshaped wide receiver position group. And frankly, for a young quarterback like Justin Fields, hopefully that will be a part of where his eye that, that develops for, for what's NFL open and how can I anticipate maybe fitting passes in there as I'm diagnosing coverage and, and trying to just fit it to a guy in a tight space. When you got more big bodies out there, which Byron Pringle isn't as big as Chase Claypool right. and Nikhil Harry, but from a receiver perspective, he's, he's another body who's not as small, as diminutive as some of these other guys. It seems to have really long arms, so there should be a nice catch radius that's available to him if he's going to target Byron Pringle. And you're right. I mean, when you're, when you're seeing a lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL just kind of put the ball up there, it's, it's guys that are covered. I mean, it's not necessarily every throw you see a guy has four-yard separation on the, on right. the DB, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to have an opportunity for guys to go up and get it. Back shoulders the throw where the cornerback has their back turned, where the, obviously the receiver has an opportunity to do that. But when you're catching the ball, that's when you build the confidence with your quarterback to throw, to throw it to you to give you that opportunity to go up and do that. All right, we have an opportunity to talk about some more sports. We're here till 10 o'clock. This is the Miller Lite Top Draft Show on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony here. And you weren't here the last time I did this game. It was called My Guy. My Guy. My okay. Guy. We're going we're gonna to pluck a couple people from the audience. Oh, we're going to pit right. them against each other. Okay. we got a prize. Okay. I already see one contestant right over there. Some volunteers. Uh, but we're going to see how or well victims, you, how you guys know it. your Chicago athletes. All right. We're playing My Guy on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Broadcasting live for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show from Emil's Tavern on Center in Gray's Lake. We'll be back after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 